Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Believe it or not, there are some people who Bible scholars who questioned and who's the author of the book of Romans? The book of Romans, listen. You don't have to go to Bible college. You don't have to get a MDiv, a DD, a ADD, or any other Ds to know who wrote the book of Romans. He tells us in the beginning. Who wrote the book of Romans, saints? Thank you. And none of us have an MDiv, at least I don't. I just barely got through high school. You don't need, look, God's word is so simple. Paul opens up his, and I'm glad he did, tell us right up front who wrote it. I like that. You know, when we sign our letters, we usually sign them at the end, who's writing. And people send me a letter, and they sign it at the end. And I get a letter, I immediately, I don't know about y'all, but I go right to who, who wrote it. I go right to, you know, who's it coming from? Because that will determine whether I read it or not. Y'all do too. You're just trying to, you're in church, I know. See, that's why, you know, God made shredders. And um, <laughs> it's a God thing. Paul, notice, Paul, Paul, okay, Paul, a bondservant, verse 1, of Jesus Christ, called to be what, saints? An apostle, separated to the, underline this, the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Through him, we have received grace through Christ. Did you notice that? We have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Apex. Oh no, I'm sorry, Rome. Beloved of God, called to be saints. Stop right there. Give me your attention. You want to notice here, Paul opens his letter with Paul, a bond servant. In the Greek language, listen, this literally reads, Paulos doulos. Paulos doulos, because the word bondservant is the Greek word doulos. So it reads, Paulos 
doulos, or Paul, a servant. And you might think, I mean, think about this for a second. You might think that Paul could have, and it would have been true, if he introduced himself as Paul, the awesome, powerful, authoritative, church-planning apostle of Jesus Christ. He could have introduced himself that way. But did you notice he introduced himself as Paul, a servant. Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. I like that. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Now, you've got to understand something about this word doulos. This word doulos in Paul's day and in Paul's, Paul's culture was a complete and total insult. If somebody called you a doulos, that was the worst thing they could say about you. Why? Because a doulos had no rights. If you were owned by, you had a master and you were a doulos, you could be taken out back and shot with no questions asked because you were owned. Or you could be traded for a pack of gum. So to call somebody a doulos, I mean, for us, I mean, we go doulos a servant, okay, no problem. But in that culture, there was a real problem. I mean, somebody called you a doulos today, you go, duh, so, doulos, doulos, pizza face. I mean, what does that mean? Nothing to us. But in Paul's day, that was the highest of all insult. Rome, during this time, there were 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. Paul had, Rome had a saying which said, why should we, why should we rule the world and do our own work? Some people were slaves because of debt and some were willful slaves, but all slaves have a master and Paul's master was Christ. And Paul would say, I am not a slave of Rome. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. You know, we don't talk much about being a slave for Christ anymore in our culture now, do we? And you don't hear many books about, you know, how to be a slave for Jesus. We have many books written about how to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, how to be prosperous, 10 keys to wisdom. I don't know what that is. We don't have many books today written, many letters written. How many letters have you seen signed, you know, your name, a slave? Because when you become a Christian, you become a slave to a master. Do you understand? And not slave in the cultural context of, let's just say, southern states. No. Our master is wonderful, who has only the best for us. Somebody say amen. I'm trying not to go there. Now, we are a slave to Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, you are a slave to Christ. I don't care who you are and where you're from. When you give your life to him, he now owns you. He owns you. And now you say, yes, Lord, because the word no and Lord do not go in the same sentence. You understand? And Paul says, I'm a servant I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. And notice he goes on to say in verse 1 that I am an apostle. That word apostle, if you're taking notes, it literally means one who is sent, a delegate, a messenger. 
Notice Paul says he was a servant of Jesus Christ and it is Jesus who called him to be an apostle. And notice he didn't call himself. I like that. Paul didn't call himself to be an apostle. It was God's idea. And he was separated unto the gospel of God. The word separated, are you taking notes? Literally means to mark off other boundaries. To set apart for some purpose. So Paul says, I'm a servant of Jesus. And I was called as a messenger. And my life was marked off as I was set apart for the purpose of the gospel. His commitment was a slave. His commission was an apostle. His consecration in his mind, he was called and separated. And Paul knew, listen, that he was called and separated. There was no guessing about it. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15, Paul said he was called from his mother's womb and called by grace. Perhaps Paul was thinking, are you listening? About Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 when God said, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. John the bee. He was prophesied before he was conceived. We serve an awesome God who knows you before you are even conceived. And he is mapping out a plan and a purpose for your life before you are even conceived. God knows everything. We know nothing. God knows things before they happen. God knew your life and God knew my life to think, to think that God knew me before I was conceived in my mother's womb. And God in my life began to orchestrate things, all even my BC days and all the stupid things I did. God orchestrated and allowed those things and by his grace and mercy he kept moving me until one day when I decided I was going to go into the military and I thought I was going in the Navy because I had nothing else to do. God says, no, 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 no. I'm leading you in the military because one day at the BX there on Camp Pendleton, there's going to be a guy preaching. It's going to be that guy that's going to share the Lord with you January 23rd, 1982 and your life is going to be changed. I'm in control. I'm orchestrating all of these things. And then after I become a Christian, here I am now 20 plus years later and I'm in this place in Apex in this moment preaching the gospel and telling you that God is the God who knows things before they even happen, who has a plan and a purpose for your life. Even before you were in your mother's womb, God knows you. God knows what you're going through and God knows the plan and the purpose he has for you. Be encouraged. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. No, you don't. You don't even know what you're going to have for lunch after church. <laughs> now, do you? You know, I said that first service. And this guy came up and said, well, we cooked our lunch before service. And <laughs> Get out. <laughs> You? My goodness, you understand my point? If y'all understand me, say amen. Please don't come tell me that. What was that? I'm just saying, 
God knows everything. Amen, saints? And Paul says, God knew me. God had a plan. God called me and separated me unto the gospel of God. Look at it again in verse 1. I love that. If you're taking notes, you write this down in your Bible. The gospel of God speaks of the good news. The word gospel means what? Good news. Did you know that gospel is good news? And I don't know about you, but I'm happy to hear some good news because every time I turn on the TV, there ain't nothing but bad news. The gospel is good news. The gospel's good news. The holiday is upon us. You looking for the perfect gift? You looking for the gift to give to someone, the gift that keeps on giving? Give them the gospel. Because it's good news. It's for all people. You have to figure out, well, will they like this? Will this be something that they would enjoy? Listen, the gospel is for all people. It's one gospel it's the gospel that's for all people. It's for black people. It's for white people. It's for Indian people. It's for all people at all times throughout all the ages. It certainly is the gift that keeps on giving. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. Christian, when you're sharing the gospel, act like it's good news. <laughs> act like it's good news. Well... God loves you. <laughs> Jesus died for you. I did this the other day. Brother was sharing the gospel on TV. I just kind of turned it down, turned the TV down, and just looked at it. Black suit, black shirt, you know, white piece there. And uh, while the Lord died for you, and he loves you, and he is good to you, I turned it down, I looked at it, and I thought, if he's sharing something good, it sure doesn't look like it. <laughs> you know, look like you're sharing something that's worth hearing. Goodness gracious. It is the good news. And the reason, listen, that it is good news is because God loved you. Here's the reason why it's good news. There's lots of reasons. But here's one real B. Why is good news? Because God loved you when you were bad. Hmm. God loved you when you were bad. Do you understand God loved you when you were bad? Not when you were good. God didn't love you because you were a good person. God loved you when you were bad. God loves us when we are, you know, God is not in heaven making a list, checking it twice, trying to find out who's naughty and nice. That's Santa. That's not God. Somebody say amen. That's not God. God's not making a list and checking it twice. That's saying God is the good father, not the godfather. <laughs> Did you know? He's the good father. He's not the godfather. He's not waiting for you to blow it so he can, you're going to wear the cement shoes, man. I'm going to dump you in the Hudson. That's not God. God loved us when we were unworthy. I've had so many people tell me, Pastor Ronnie, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I don't feel like I'm worthy. I just, I just don't feel worthy. I'm not worthy. And I go, yeah. Now you're not worthy. Look, you're just finding that out. God already knew that. I'm so not worthy. Yeah, well, tell him something he doesn't already know. 
No, we're not worthy. And that's why, are you listening, it's good news. Because he died for you when you weren't worthy. Now here's a few things quickly about this good news. According to our text, you want to notice, notice in verse 2, that Jesus, the good news, the gospel, Jesus Christ was is the revealed one, if you're taking notes. He's the revealed one. Jesus was promised and spoken about throughout the Old Testament by the prophets, verse 2. You see it? He was promised. He's the revealed one. There are over 300 prophecies given about Jesus Christ's first coming. As you read the Old Testament, you get the feeling that someone is coming. Someone's coming. He's the revealed one. Point number two, not only is he the revealed one, but he's the reigning one. Concerning his son, notice in the Bible in verse three, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. Jesus was a descendant of David because of Mary. Mary was a descendant of David. Now this reference to the seed of David speaks of the humanity of Jesus. And the phrase, the term, the Son of God in verse 4 speaks to the deity of Jesus. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. Amen, saints? Not 50-50, not 80-20, not 75-25. He was 100% man and 100% God. Jesus added manhood, but he did not subtract Godhood. You understand? Very important. Not only is he the revealed one and the reigning one, but he's also the resurrected one. Notice in verse 4 again, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. The Christian faith, listen, rises and falls on the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's what makes the Christian faith different than every Every, every, bold, underscore, capitalize every other religion on the planet. We serve a person who rose from the dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. Buddha didn't rise. Muhammad didn't rise. Hare Krishna didn't rise. Elvis didn't rise. Let's <laughs> leave that man dead. That's why R.I.P. That means rest in peace. Let the man rest. That's sightings of Elvis. Elvis didn't rise. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, rose from the grave. Notice in verse 5. Through him, through Christ, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Paul says, I receive grace and his position as an apostle. He has been sent out as a messenger from God to help all nations learn and to believe and to have faith in Jesus. And notice that obedience is being talked about here. Isn't the obedience to the law, but it's obedience to believe. Obedience to believe. What do we need to do, they asked Jesus, to work the works of God. And Jesus said, believe on the Son. Obedience to believe. And the next thing that Paul does in his introduction here in verses 1 through 7, he addresses those that he's writing to. He's writing to all who are in Rome. Do you see that? 
Beloved of God, called to be saints. Saints, look at me. Give me your attention. We've talked about this word, saints, have we not? Yes, and there are two classes of people in the world. There are what? Saints and there are? Thank you. Just keep it as simple. There are saints and there are ain'ts, people who are not saints. And we've talked about this. Saint, a saint, isn't someone on your dashboard in your car. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wave at me. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. A saint isn't someone who did really, 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 really good works for a long time. And then they died a martyr's death and they were deemed to be a saint. Those are not saints. We want to notice here something that is a small distinction, but an important distinction. Paul is writing to the church at Rome and these saints were alive. Amen. They're not dead. Saints, we're all saints. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are a called out one. The word saint means holy. Hagiazo is the Greek word, and it means called out. It means separated. We are called out. If you're a believer, you are a saint. You're a called out one. Saints. Man, we could start calling ourselves saints. Next time you fill out a job application. <laughs> Let's put saint, you know, your name. Saint Land. Saint Joe. Saint Rodney. I mean, say, and listen, if your name is Bernard, you have to use it. <laughs> yeah, saint, we're saints, we are saints. Use it on your application now, I'll tell you what, if you, if you, if you put your name saint in you or whatever, you, you probably won't get the job. But, but it'll be a good witnessing jump off point, you know what I mean? Why are you, is your first name Saint? Well, no, not really, but according to the Greek language, we have the Greek word Haggad, so let me call that one. Okay, you're a wacko. Goodbye, next. Grace. And look at verse 7 as we conclude. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Hey, would you read it with me? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you one thing as we wrap it up. Grace and peace are two typical Pauline words. Uh, somebody once said that they are Siamese twins in the New Testament. You will find in Paul's letters, epistles, that this grace and peace are used in every one of them and they are used in that order grace and peace you will never find it peace and grace always grace and peace why because listen if you try to have peace before you understand grace you'll never have peace You'll come up with legalism. You'll come up with disappointment. You'll come up with being under the law and trying and trying and trying. But you'll never experience peace. You'll never experience the peace of God until you first 
experience the grace of God. God's grace first. And when you experience God's grace first, then peace will soon to follow. And the peace of God, the Bible says, there's a difference between the peace of God and peace with God. When you make your peace with God, that means you became a Christian because you were fighting against God. And now you made your peace with God. That means you gave your heart to him. But the peace of God is what you experience after you make your peace with God. Then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall rule your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God's peace. Hey, maybe you are in turmoil this morning. You need God's peace in your life. Well, you got to have God's grace first. And you receive God's grace by simply asking him, Lord, may I know you. This whole Christian thing is about knowing God. Not about all the accoutrements, worldly things, what you can get, what you can benefit, how blessed you can be. Christian life is not about how blessed you can be. The Christian life is about experiencing God's grace and worshiping him for who he is. And when you do that, then God's grace comes upon you and blessings are soon to follow, including peace with God and the peace of God. That passes understanding. May it rule your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This week, that's my prayer for you. May God's peace rule your mind. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.